Hello there, and a very warm welcome to Des's Island Discs. In a hectic world, this is a little oasis of calm and nostalgia from our guests who choose pieces of music that remind them of a particular time or story from their life or career. Now, if you're listening on podcast, we cannot play the music because of copyright laws. But really, this is about stories. So let's hear them. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. Now, today's guest is one of Ireland's most successful actors on stage and screen in Britain and Ireland, best known perhaps currently for his role as Bob Charles in Fair City. It's a pleasure to welcome Brian Murray. And, and Brian, did you find it difficult to choose just three pieces of music for this? I did really, actually, because um, th- those who know me, and I've said it before, um, my, my work and my love uh, is my career as an actor, but my real passion is actually music. Uh, I'm sitting here in front of my laptop, um, actually going through my songs, and at the moment I've got 13,618 <laughs> items on it. It's a hard drive, and, and I have everything from Beethoven through the Eels, the Eartha Kit, to the Eagles, to Steely Dan, and it, it, it goes on forever. Mm. I thought that I'll make it... I'll make it even more personal than I can and I thought about my childhood in Island Bridge where we lived and my mum and my dad I had such an idyllic childhood it was I don't know how we managed it at all the three of us my brothers Podrick and Stephen and myself we had just the most amazing time at mum and dad we were poor people we were folks my father was a shunter in the railway first and we didn't have any running water in Island Bridge we lived on the banks of the Liffey but our lives were just magic and my mother that's where I got my boisterousness from and my aliveness I suppose as well when you were growing up there Brian I mean was there communal music would you would you would you just would you sing in the house or would she just sing or she'd sing in the house but we had radio air and before it was radio television and, and we'd and that was all we had we no television first of all until RTE until television came on in the early 1960s um but we listened to the sponsored programs in the afternoon Nile Bowden and the Emco show and, and that's where I picked up my love of music and and but she would when she'd go around her if if my aunts came down or around Christmas time when there was a party and they were having a you know pint bottles of Guinness and we were having lemonade uh, everybody would have their song and she'd do This Is My Lovely Day and my father adored Mario Lanza Mario Lanza was his Beatles or his Steely Dan or his Bob Dylan do you know what I mean it was yeah. Mario Lanza I thought that we'd bring my folks into it and, and, and back back family stuff right. in, in, into the conversation but well, there you go Before we hear the music tell me a little bit more about Island Bridge and growing up was, was it what did you play where did you play were you We played down in the alley what was called the alley was so unique in its own way. It was whitewashed, and and we had two bedrooms and a big and a big sitting room and a small garden at the back, backing out onto the Liffey. We didn't have indoor toilets. We did it in a bucket and we threw it over the Liffey wall. I know it sounds awful, but we're talking <laughs> about the fifties here. But the, the alley was a great place to, to play football and to play uh, hide and go seek and and, uh, and 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 skipping even with the girls if you were lucky enough um, and all the rest of it. And it was great. And I went to school in the Oblets and in Chicor, and it was the Oblets and in core that actually kind of got a hold of me uh, and I, I loved school. I just loved it. I had great teachers there, Stephen McKnight and Joey Devine and Mr. S- Mr. Doyle and Mr. Sweeney. I loved them all. Your mother, uh, before we hear her, this is my lovely day, which reminds you of her. Was she a Dublin woman? 
She was a Dublin woman, yeah. She came from uh, she came from Drimna, from that direction. I've got uncles who live up there since. Her name was Connolly, Rosalie Mary Connolly, and uh, and she was a uh, she was she was the woman. She was the 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 the, the kind of the, the rod of our life. She was the bedrock of our of our lives, really. Incredibly encouraging, and and being the eldest son, and I was an only child for seven years. Um, and and she used to say later on when I was you know getting to be a little older and just about coming up to ten and ten, twelve and thirteen and fourteen. And later on, she said something which was absolutely the truth. She said, we're, we're the best of pals. We've been the best of pals. Sure, you used to come into the confession box me. And, and I did. I remember being in the confession boxes and that, not listening to her sin, sins, but running my nails down along the grill between the priest and herself and being told not to make so much noise. <laughs> you, you, but anyway. You, you've clearly got very happy memories. What amazes me, Brian, is how people, like clearly you didn't have it easy. They, you know, you didn't have... no. And nowadays, kids who do have it easy don't seem to be enjoying their childhood as much as people who didn't have it as easy. Well, I wonder if, I don't know, and I, I, I don't, I'm not qualified to say it, but I wonder if it's to do with the fact now that we expect so much now. We didn't expect much at home. I mean, I, I have a memory of my mother standing in front of the ironing board on a Friday with me around the evening. My father was a, a railway man. He was away every second day. And I remember sitting with a plate of chips and three chips being left. And she said, I wish they were all mine. And I said, I wish they were all mine. And we had them and we shared them. And that was a joy. There was joy. And they, we were obviously poor. But, but, but it, it, didn't, it didn't kind of, that never, it wasn't a negative thing because we were, we were, we were content and we were happy. And she was, she was, she could make a, a, a feast out of a sandwich. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it, she, I think it's, it's, it's the spirit and it's the soul, really, that does it. And, and, and she could talk to her. That's where I got all this from as well. God help us. Yeah, anyway. That musical choice, Brian, This Is My Lovely Day, that's from a musical, Bless the Bride. Bless the Bride, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that, of course, but I only knew that later on. And, and, uh, and, and yeah, she, she, it was, you know, up in Aunt Jane's or Aunt Lucy's and Uncle Harry's, we, if there was a song, she used to sing This Is My Lovely Day. Day. This is the day I shall remember the day I die, which is about a, a, a wedding. She loved sentimentality in music, and that's what it was passed on to me. She'd look at Paddy, her husband, because it's about the day they got married, and she said, sure, I met... She used to always say, even after he died, she said, sure, I marry the best man in the world. And when we play this song now, have you an image in your head, of a particular image of your mother in your head? I have, yeah. As a kind of, you know, as a, a young lad, particularly the, the, those years when your when your consciousness is just opening and opening and opening, and you're looking around you and looking at her ironing or watching her washing or hanging out the liner, and and her singing and her saying, "Come on, don't sing on, give give us a song." She was always full of life. She was always full of of joy. There was never there was there was no there was no darkness or downness from her at all. She was just lively and and warm and gorgeous, really. Um, and we were lucky. We, 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 she was she was the best. And she only died uh, um, about eight eight nine years ago, and uh, she had dementia. And she was she was glorious till the end. She was uh, just you know sometimes as mad as a as mad as a hatter in a kind of a way, but you know still gorgeous. You know what I mean? It's a lo- it's a lovely tribute to to her. So let's hear then uh, the song that reminds Brian Murray so much of his mother. This is my lovely day. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. That's This Is My Lovely Day, the choice 
of today's guest, award-winning actor Brian Murray. Was it through the Boys Club you got your love of the stage? It was really, yeah. Um, I mean, I was harbouring in myself from a very early age that I wouldn't mind being, I wouldn't mind being on stage, I wouldn't mind being an actor. Um, and I didn't quite know what an actor was. The only time that we ever went to the theatre really was kind of at pantomime time and we'd go to the Olympia. And I, I love the vibe in the theatre and I love the kind of the participation. I have images of myself up in the gods, right down down at the very end, looking over, down, way, way down on the stage and thinking, oh, and then uh, television started off in 1961 or 62, whenever it was, uh, uh, and, and black and white television. And then I saw Tolka Road. Do you remember Tolka Road? Yeah. The first soap. Uh, and I remember standing in front of the TV, looking in at the black and white show, at this show going on and thinking to myself, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that. And I had no idea how you get from where I was to where I wanted to go. But it, it, it happened, thank goodness. And your first time on the stage? No, the first time on the stage in front, of, in front of an audience, including my grandfather, who I could see from the stage smoking a cigarette and shielding it by his, by his hand because he was told not to smoke <laughs> in, the, in the Father Divine Hall. And I could see he was smoking. And, and, uh, and I was in, in the Pirates of Penzance playing Mabel. So I, I called myself Brian Mary Mabel Murray for a long time, actually, because Mary is in my name as well. But anyway, and, and this was the first time on the stage and I got the bug after that. That, that was it. I was done. But it, it, for a young guy to decide, I'm going to be an actor, it's all very well. And, and I presume every kid considers at some point how it's a difficult way to make a living or an insecure way to make a living. It is. It's, a, it's an insecure way to, to make a living at any time. I mean, this is the darkest times for actors now because we don't work, you know, seven days in the week or five days in the week. We don't even work two weeks in the month. Do you know what I mean? A lot of us. Yeah. But now even people like us who, who are on Fair City, a large cast of Fair City, it's 12 weeks ago since I had a payday um, in the way that things worked out. So it, 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 it's not a job that people think, oh, you're an actor and you must make a lot of money. Yes, we can make a lot of money. I have done in the past with ads and stuff like that you know being being quite okay mm. but but you can't you can't rely on it really but you're not really in it for the money you're in it because it's in your soul i still get excited going in in the mornings do you know what i mean yeah but it's a far cry from uh say joseph's hall in Inchicore then uh, and your granddad watching <laughs> yeah. and the song from pirates of yeah. penzance poor wandering one thou thou has surely strayed take heart of grace thy steps retrace poor wandering one there you go i remember the first three lines anyway Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. That's Poor Wandering One, the choice of today's guest award-winning actor Brian Murray. So, Brian, you got the bug when you were on stage in Pirates of Penzance. When did you first get paid as an actor? Can you remember? <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's, a good, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Yeah, I do. I remember it extremely well, actually. Um, um, long story short, it was through... My mother said to me um, that, um, listen, when I was about 16, 15, 16, and all the rest of it, and, and I did my intercert, and I wasn't... I had no intention of going to do my leaving cert. I wasn't interested. I wanted to go and become an actor. I wanted to go to drama school. And she said, okay, but you're going to have to go and get yourself a trade so you can have something to fall back on. Long story short, I was out working as an electrician, and the 
mate, as we would call him, the apprentice would call the electrician the mate. The mate that I was working with was a cameraman, and he said to me one day, oh, by the way, Murray, he said, there's something going on up in the Mather Day Community Centre up in, in Cabra, where I am, he said, and, and I believe the Abbey are coming out to do something for people, for youngsters. And I thought, Brian Murray would be interested in that. So I got on the bus about three weeks later from where I was living at the time in Brickens Park with me Beatles haircut <laughs> and the lashings of rain, and I walked along, and I went into the Mather Day Community Centre. Long story short, I did the audition with a young director there from the Abbey called Tomaso Murhu, and we put on a play called the, um, Spreading the News uh, by Lady Gregory, and it was it was successful, and we also put together a play that we created ourselves, and it was about a young lad, me, who kills his father. Don't ask me where that came from, but that's what <laughs> we did. And, 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 and the very famous Frank Dermody from the National Theatre, from the Abbey Theatre, one of the geniuses of it, um, uh, was the head of the School of Acting. And uh, he came to the show and asked me to come and see him afterwards. And he said, very impressed by your performances. And he said, well, we'd like to offer you a scholarship to the School of Acting. Wow. And, and I think he knew that I wouldn't have been able to afford to pay it at, at that stage because he knew where I was, where I'd come from. And, and I went into the School of Acting um, and then um, I, I became, as well as being in the School of Acting, we would be extras in shows on the Abbey stage. One of them was The Hostage starring Donald McCann and I was playing one of the soldiers. Uh, Donald McCann went missing this weekend, this particular weekend. It was around July 1970, July the 12th of 1970 in actual fact. Uh, and, 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 uh, and I was told by the same Frank Dermody later on, you're on stage, go down and get it done with a can's costume and get it altered. And I went on stage and I knew every single line in the play except at the very end. And I had to take out the script from my pocket and open it in front of the Abbey Theatre audience and, and, and read the line. People started to laugh. I swear, this is indelibly <laughs> printed across my brain. And people in the audience went, shh. And there was dead silence while I turned the page and said the line. Finished the play, the audience gave me a great round of applause, went off stage, and Michal O'Hay, who was the chairman of the, of the Abbey Theatre, gave me a cheque for 35 quid, which I wouldn't know where to spend, and and uh, said that I was to go to see John Slemon, the, 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 the manager of the Abbey, on Thursday, which was the 13th of July, 1970, my 21st birthday, and I signed a contract to join the Abbey Theatre as a company member. I was at the Abbey for seven years, and then I met Cyril Cusack, and Cyril kind of, Cyril, Cyril was a genius. I loved Cyril Cusack as an actor, and then I got to know him, and, and he kind of liked me. I think he liked my, my, my love of the, of the business, and he went over to the, the to the UK to do, to join the National Theatre over there and he was doing The Plough on the Stars and there was an actor to do the part of the Covey and the actor said that he he wasn't going to do it they weren't giving him enough money and Cyril said mm, anyway I know an actor who's probably a lot better than he is his name is Brian Murray and yeah um, you give him a call and uh, he, he'll, he'll do it for you and he'll do a great job and, and they called me I went over did the audition and didn't come home from the UK for 14 years <laughs> Well did television follow then? Television, uh, I was in the National Theatre and I went, then I went into the Royal Shakespeare Company and I was in the Shakespeare Company for a while working with Trevor and other people like that which was absolutely incredible and I really learned my craft there and then I suddenly got a, 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 had an agent and I got a, 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 an interview out of the, out of the blue uh, to do a play by a man called Stuart Parker who was an up and coming playwright at the time and uh, Stuart is no longer with us unfortunately and the play was a play called I'm a Dreamer Montreal oh, yeah, and no. it's a wonderful play 
Brilliant player, I know it, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I got cast in the lead role, yeah. And, and, and that was a kind of, magic happened after that. It was like, Stuart and I had one great love together, and that was we both loved Steely Dan, the band Steely Dan. So when we were in rehearsals, instead of giving us notes, we'd stop it, we'd sing a Steely Dan song, and then we'd carry <laughs> on. <laughs> Stuart was a great man, and mm. Lord be good to him, he's, he's no longer with us. But that was the start of it all, Des. So I'm a dreamer, kicked it all off. Mm. Brookside came along, and then, of course, Bread, came along and the Irish RM then was in the middle of it and all that kind of stuff so it's been great it's been fantastic of those roles I mean uh, Flurry Knox was so popular etc but the Trevor Jordash role in Brookside was was very dark for the time and, and maybe ahead of its time in, in a way effectively your character was he was a very dark, nasty character. It was one of those that uh, I looked at it and I, and, and I, I, I was, I, it happened because I was up visiting, uh, I went up to the Brookside set because I happened to be up there doing something or other. And a, a friend of mine, Danny Hiller, who had directed Blood Brothers that I was in in the, in the Olympia a few years before, was now doing television. And he said, come on in and I'll show you around the Brookside set. So I went in and that was fine. And, and we came in, a girl came around and said, Danny, 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 hang on. She said, um, uh, there's a note here for Brian. Um, and it was from the producer, the executive producer, to say uh, Brian can continue with the tour as long as he comes up to the as long as he comes up to the office afterwards to discuss a very good part. He said, uh, "I just want to talk to you about a part." He says, "We have a we have a a role coming up in Brookside shortly." He said, "It's about a very young, charming man who's come back out from prison, having been put in for a short while because of domestic abuse, and uh, and uh, and he uh, he starts abusing his 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 wife and his young daughter." And it gets to so such an extent that um, that they murder him and they bury him and he's put under the patio and his body won't be discovered for about two months afterwards. And as soon as I heard that you were on the set, I thought he's the man for the job. And I didn't know if it was a compliment or not. <laughs> it, it was scary stuff. And I, I mean, I've got weird, weird stories to tell about the first time that we did in front of in front of the the, the, the crew and and, and the, the surrounding members of 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 the of the the people on the floor when we did the first uh, wife beating. I was doing the charming stuff for the very beginning and then it led up and it led up and it led up to the first major beating and the director was brilliant. She she fell behind the couch and all you could see was me with the kind of an edge of a Harley stick or a big stick whacking her from the back of the couch. And and the next morning we went in for rehearsals and and uh, and, and the, the, the person who played as you mentioned a, a second ago Anna Friel mm. and and the person who played my wife Mandy um, the next morning they said did you notice the big change and I said no what big change she said did you not see how every woman on the set has taken two steps back from you and I said oh God I did notice it this morning actually. So it was after doing the, the beating that night before, which was the first one, it was kind of everyone kind of went, oh, Jesus, this man is mad. And and, 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 and people forget, you're just, this is what they paid me to do. It was something that made a difference because we'd never, ever, ever seen domestic violence on, on television soap before. It was the first time it ever happened. And people's eyes were awoken for it or awakened for it. Mm. And, 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 and it kind of it brought the whole domestic violence issue right out into uh, in, um, uh, the Women's Refuge over here. Uh, asked me uh, if I wouldn't mind doing uh, some publicity for them, which of course I did. And the same in the UK. And, and they were they were delighted that it was on. 
on because it says now the story that we're telling they can see what it is like themselves on the TV and that was the first time so that the, the marker was set and, and moving on to years later Fair City is still very it takes on a lot of social issues as well doesn't it oh gosh oh we're not afraid to do it at all I imagine that when we go back to shoot that we'll be shooting the reality of the lockdown which means that we're going to have our social distancing we're going to have to have all of that stuff in Fair City there are so many areas we could talk about and we haven't had time to talk about Brian but we're going to finish with your third musical choice and again it's family related yeah it's 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 my father uh, singing the Beatles his Beatles Mario Lanza uh, Mario Lanza was his god he he uh, I think he kind of would could have fancied himself as Mario Lanza and it wasn't <laughs> because Mario was a good-looking Italian man we didn't have records at that stage but when it came on the radio it was turned up here's Mario he'd say Mario's on Mario's on and and this is for this is for Paddy all right well it's a it's a lovely way for us to play out Brian Murray Congrats on all you've achieved and continued success to you. It was great chatting to you this evening. Thanks very much for joining us. Brian Murray, his third choice is Because You're Mine from Mario Lanza. Thanks very much, Des. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1.